0: Hey guys, I'm former England rugby captain Dylan Hartley and this is the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. A tough weekend for England, moments of brilliance from the boys but not a result they'll be happy with. Earlier last week though, as the guys were preparing for the match in Cardiff I caught up with two of my old mates, Courtney Laws and Ben Youngs. Since then, Courtney's picked up an injury and sadly his campaign has been cut short. But between us, we're bringing nearly 300 caps to this call so I figured you'd still want to hear what went on. So here they are, Big Courts and Benny Youngs. We always talk about the bubble to start. How are two old horses finding it? Because you guys have known previous, you know the old school, you know the new school, and now you know the Lockdown 3.0 school. Uh, how are you finding it, Lenny? What, what's, what's new and what's different for you in it?
1: Um, it, was, it, was already, it was different obviously in the autumn when we got together. Uh, it was pretty strict then, but now with the new regulations its very strict. There's a lot of downtime within our rooms. It brings a different challenge. I think the blessing for us is a lot of guys know each other already. A lot of guys have built relationships over the few years or, or for years gone by. Um, it's probably a little bit harder for the new guys coming in because it's just not quite, you haven't able to probably get to know them as well as you'd like and spend as much and invest as much time as we'd like into those guys. It's probably a little bit challenging for them. But having said that, we do have a very welcoming group. And it just shows, like, on the training ground, really, um, just how important that is, really, once we're out there. Actually stay out there for a bit longer, just have a chat with someone. That's quite nice. What,
0: actually enjoy training?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, it's game training, it, it, no one ever enjoys game training until it's finished. But, yeah, at least, at least you have a chat after. But me and Courtney are holding up all right. It's, his ber- it's your birthday next week, Court, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. So we've got some cake to look forward to. Oh.
0: <laughs> like are there small wins like that in camp like do you boys still get birthday cakes and stuff because uh, i don't i don't know what era this was but like we were talking off camera before about breakfast time and omelets and things like tomato sauce being taken away you know like you need those small <laughs> wins you need the birthday cake to get you yeah. through these weeks are you boys still getting cakes
2: i think we'll get a cake yeah what do we have for- eddie's birthday was this campaign wasn't it yeah, come remember. Did we have cake for Eddie? Probably, probably some Did fitness. It, who brought I'm, it? Out? I remember I talk remember. of cake. I didn't actually see it, but I think it came out late. But there's ketchup, deals. You'd be happy to know that. That's good. And mayo. Yeah,
1: it's so true though, dills. You do need the you need the small wins, mate, because there's so much that is like, uh, especially now, that you can't do and you're not allowed to do. That actually, like any little victory like that, like today we had a barbecue, didn't we, for lunch courts, and it was yeah. like. So nice. It was like <laughs> like sitting outside, but we had a bit of sunshine. A burger, this, this hot dog. It was like wow.
0: The small things, mate. All, all three of us. We, we've been through two or three managers each. Martin Johnson, Stuart Lancaster. Yep. I'd rob Andrew right at the start on a on a uh, that was a whirlwind tour of that one, and now Eddie. But like those changes, I remember those bears were cut out. Things like cake, desserts. Tomato sauce—the extremes of that were cut out. But my experience under Eddie is like he throws all that in and it's just like, "Boys, you, you're all you're all big boys. You're, you're grown ups. Make the right choices." Type thing. Courts, what little luxuries have um have you kind of got in your uh, suitcase? In my notes, it's asked if um if your kids or your wives sent you into camp with anything to to kind of keep your spirits up.
2: <laughs> no, no, so, mate. My miss is not worried about me, mate. That's for sure. No, she should be. To be fair, no, mate. I ain't got much going on. I bought a little, um, a little electric hob thing, and, uh, and my, on my frying pan, in so I can, so I can make some omelets and stuff when I get hungry. Have you got a, an extractor fan? No, but it's right next to the, uh, the window, so I just open the window. Set, uh,
0: do you think of like fry ups or something?
2: I'm not doing fry ups, mate. Literally an omelet. If I'm, if I'm feeling a bit peckish, you know what I mean, uh, just keeps me going. You know, I'm like my weight and that, so I need to keep eating. Other than that, though, just full uh, game and set up, I guess. Same as always. Oh,
0: come on. I, I mean, everyone that comes on here says they're game, but I think it's a sign of the times, if I'm honest. Let's put a little bit of um, context. You say, I do know about your weight. I do. I know that you've got to do everything you can to keep weight on. I roomed with you, and I basically had to go to the team manager and say, I can't room with Courtney anymore. Uh, why you know does he snore uh, no 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 it's fine it's fine i uh, said so basically because courtney can eat whatever he wants and courtney goes down to the local supermarket and he buys like a week's worth of groceries and he eats those groceries you know you, you stay up quite late to midnight
2: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah.
0: you know crunching nut. we're talking horlicks <laughs> like a little chinese takeaway i'm sure but this is me that couldn't have anything like my weight being i'm coming on to you in a second with with weight and uh Skin folds and whatnot, but I really struggled, whereas you, you know, room service, you had a green light next to your name, right? Yeah, I did. How, how are you coping with that now? Because obviously no no room service.
2: Well, that's why I, I bought my little hob thing, just so I could get some food, some extra food. Like, it's the only thing I could do, otherwise I'd just be nothing left for me by in the top, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, that will be it. So yeah, I just bought, I got a few snacks and that, same old like cereal and stuff, and then I've got just a little hob that I can just rustle up a little setting setting and uh good to
0: go so can you put any numbers around that do, do you know in your head how much you got to eat
2: no i don't have any numbers i mean i get two shakes a day that have got i don't know how many calories in but we've got got a good few um and then i eat obviously whenever with everybody else and probably an extra i don't know bowl of cereal and, and an omelet i've no idea really but i, I weigh in every morning and that's basically why. i uh what I base my, how, how hard I'm going to go today on, on, uh, on what I'm weighing in at in the morning.
0: Is it is it like a genuine concern for you playing too light or being too light in the week? Do you, you know, come match day, do you want to be at a certain weight?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, especially if you're talking about like Six Nations and stuff, when you're playing against kind of bigger Northern Hemisphere teams, generally likes to be a little bit heavier. Um, I'm not really worried about my weight playing against New Zealand Australia. They like to throw the ball around a lot and they're not, not as, as big and, you don't like it. It's kind of tight up front, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it does kind of differ depending on who you're playing against. But certainly in the Six Nations, I definitely don't want to get too light. I don't feel like I can throw your weight around as, as much.
0: What a lovely problem to have. Uh, in my experience, there's two types of rugby players. One that's struggling to keep to keep weight on and one that's trying to keep weight off. Benny Youngs, I'm going to bring you in. Which camp do you sit in? <laughs> I'm smiling. I'm sorry.
1: I was in New Dills, hey? like especially the game now is, it, the thing is a lot of people is your genetics are your genetics and your you weight you're meant to be your weight like Courtney's if he didn't play rugby he'd be a certain weight and he wouldn't fluctuate and be what he'd be because he plays rugby he fluctuates and has to do what he has to do and like a bit like me where I probably naturally would be around like a low 90 kilo player like bloke um, but instead I have to be an 88 kilo player so I have to kind of watch what I eat like I say I had a nice barbecue this afternoon for lunch uh, so therefore I won't have uh, not having dinner tonight because I've sort of had my almost cheap meal of for a few days anyway. So it's kind of just watching what you do. And I guess you just, you know, you, no one knows your body better than you. So you kind of know how to work with it as you get more experience. But the game's got quicker. You have to adapt to it. And it's just something I've had to change.
0: But if you if you looked at your bloodline, Lenny, you, you say you're like big for a scrum half and you've got to play three, four, five kilos down on what you probably want to be. Like you're the runt in your family if you look at your brother and your dad, right?
1: Yeah, exactly, mate. Like. That, that, uh, you know my dad's a, a stocky bloke my brother's obviously a stocky guy um so I am I'm the small guy within the family but even so I think um yeah you've got to play within a certain weight I think like just the way the game is now if it forgot too heavy, you just you know the game's changing all the time you know look at like young Harry Randall coming in and um how little quick he is and nippy but he's probably I don't know what Randall's weight is but it'd be a good 10 kilos light I reckon but he's um you know just such a little live wire and it's great but that's sort of like you know it's going back to that now and it's it's just really interesting
0: you need a little bit of cushion there mate to to protect you especially when you've got big people like courtney law's hunting nines and tins mate
1: if i don't want to ever <laughs> give my ribs away to courts I've, I've been there before on a, on a tap penalty against northampton once hi i'm emily scarrett and you're listening to the england Rugby podcast with o2 inside line
0: Let's roll it back like first first impressions of each other like we have known each other it's probably not going to be a good first impression but i've, I've got a first impression of Courtney obviously being at Northampton like this big lanky kid like this is before he had to keep the weight on this is before he found weights like you probably thought you were big didn't you courts
2: no i don't think i've ever thought i was big
0: yeah. but you i think <laughs> this kid just like super cool laid back um and i'm thinking this kid's way too casual like to, to play big boys rugby, you know what I mean. And um, there's two stories here. I remember seeing you uptown one time, Courtney. And like, I don't know what the fashion was back then, but you had jeans on and you had like a, a like skin tie, oh, and that's all you were wearing. Like you were just somewhere. <laughs> and I think you might have had <laughs> a chain on. Sense. You definitely had a chain on. I can believe it. But my other first impression, like you, you started playing when we we're in the championship. Northampton got relegated. We played the championship, and if I'm right, that is when you kind of. Broke into the team?
2: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I played my first game against Isha, um, like near the start of the season. But yeah, I played my first game against Isha and then uh, I played against Coventry, got my first start and then I broke my jaw that game. So So this this is my
0: first impression of playing with you. We're playing Coventry and we're at this line out and I'm like looking at you going, come on, like, come on, Courtney, like just trying to get a reaction out of you. And you kind of just give me this like gormless look, like nothing registered. And I was just like, yeah, it kind of confirmed... Everything I thought, this guy's way too relaxed. He's not up for it. And then after the game, like you you played the full eighty or whatever, Uh, I found out you broke your jaw, and I felt so bad. Like I'd been judging you, going, "This kid's like not communicating. His body language is poor." But you basically played a whole game with a broken jaw, and then basically never looked back since then. But Lenny, but um, first impressions uh, of you, I can't really remember in an England context because it's been so long. But I I just know less than Northampton for me. Like was good because the Youngs brothers were playing, and it, it was it was a horrible fixture, but one it was just so good. I felt like it, it brought out the the best and the worst of me. I don't think Northampton Misters is quite the same since I retired. If I'm honest, <laughs> I'm just saying. But have you boys got early memories?
1: Yeah, I think like. The, well, I do age groups of courts. So i would known courts, like, even before the England staff. So, and he was, like, just the most chilled out blow like, back of the bus. Oh, you're still exactly the same now, man. actually <laughs> yeah, like, just fast forward. Nothing's changed. So the <laughs> courts have gone back, like, the 20s and 18s and stuff. So, like, it's class. Um, and, deals, I say, like, I suppose it's like the Northampton. Like, it just, like, you say that, that you represent the community in those games, don't you? Do you know what I mean? It's in, like, obviously, I grew up supporting Leicester, but I'm not from Leicester. But you just know during that, as you do for Northampton, um, you represent the whole town, the whole community in that one fixture. And it kind of, it does bring out that, um, the best and worst in you, but because you kind of, you just know the importance, what it means to community. But no, it's it's great, mate. Like, I think my impressions of you when I I was coming through is, obviously you're a little bit older than me, but you kind of, you set the intensity within training, but you also knew how to have a great laugh and off the pitch as well. You knew how to do both, which I think is a great balance. And I think that that's something I hope me and Courtney uh, are still doing now with this younger group is seeing that you can be intense on the pitch, but well, Bonner Bonner can be a bit more relaxed. But certainly when you come <laughs> off, you can have a relax and you can you can you can train hard, play hard, but then you can have a relax.
2: Deals. I remember um, back in the day I'm sure I've told you this before. This is actually my first impression of you that I can remember is when you were playing for the Saxons and I was watching on TV. One of the rare games I've ever watched of rugby, and um, you. You're a bit bigger back then, eh? You're you a, a big like, old. He unit. He was definitely bigger back then. I remember <laughs> when he first started playing; he was early a right rolls.
1: Early deals round had a proper pro. rubber ring around him.
2: Yeah, yeah, he, he was a big old unit, and um, you you stepped, sat somebody down, and then carried on running, and then just. Pinged a little uh, giddy out the back for someone to go for a try, and I was like, "This guy is sick," <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I was like, "This is the man." I don't, that was my first impression. Uh, maybe of it age. wasn't you me.
0: Maybe it wasn't me.
2: It was definitely
0: you. Yeah, me. it was. It was at Welford Road, and the um the offload was to Tom Van to score in the corner to. <laughs> I remember. To win the game. Gosh. Um, yes, boy. No, nah, that that was
2: what I Skills. I
0: used to be a lucid prop, remember? So, like, you know, and I'm going to challenge you on this, Courtney. Benny, like a fine wine. Um, I mean, both of you have been around a long time. That's testament to your character, uh, your attributes, obviously, and and your will to improve. But Courtney, I can't see you changing from like day one. Whereas Benny, I can see you changing and I had to change to keep up. Whereas Courtney, you've got this weird ability. I don't know how you've done it to just be you, you know, laid back. You know, always on the cusp of of a meeting, you're always like five seconds before it starts. Whereas I'll be there twenty minutes before. You know what I mean?
1: He loves bowling in with literally five seconds to spare. <laughs> he just bowls in. He's still doing it now. Unless you're on time,
0: lads, who cares? But like, you've had this ability to to be you, and I haven't really seen you change as a person, which is a good thing. Whereas I had to change as a person. I had to develop. But the the one thing that I'd always give you, courts, is when you train, like you train, like you play. And uh, I was watching a, a live, the live session at Twickenham that you guys did the other day. And me and Ugo were there commentating on it. And we were like, what, what's the level of training today? Is it, is it contact? Is it 50%? Then Courtney basically melted someone. Then we went, oh yeah, I think it's full on. But Benny, like, how have you had to change from day one? You think like Martin Johnson's England to Stuart Lancaster's to Eddie Jones now, how have you had to kind of develop as a, as a person and as, as a player?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think... You know, when I first started out, it was very much, you know, I was a very young halfback. I had some experienced guys in the round at, at 10. Uh, DC was obviously there. Wiggy was there. You uh, Nick Easter at eight. So kind of my role was just like those guys put point pointing me in the right direction. I just had to focus on getting the ball in and out, you know, do do what I needed to do. Um, and then I think under Lanny, again, like I probably evolved a bit more into demanding a bit more like leadership role. And I guess when Eddie came in, it really like he allowed us to kind of take control of things. He allowed us to, to grow and, and be yourselves in the environment, and like get the best out of you. And I think under Eddie, I probably had my biggest development in terms of just maturing as a player, in terms of that knowing what I want, knowing the, what I need from others, and the demand, and what's expected, and all those bits. And I feel like under Eddie, it's just been it's been the most enjoyable rugby period ever. You know what I mean? And I think um, it's testament to him and the environment that he creates, and yourself, Dills, because obviously you were, you know, captain to start with coming in and like the the, you know the environment so as Courtney like it did it was a wonderful environment you know very different to what we had previously but it's the team's flourished on the back of it.
0: Do you think Courtney because we've all experienced the same environments do you think going through the previous six or seven years with Jono and with Lenny uh, has made you appreciate where you're at now in terms of you know my experience is like I enjoyed those early years we had lots of fun but did we actually achieve anything as a as an English team Whereas now I look at you guys, and I was lucky enough to be a part of Eddie's team that you know we won some things. Do you look back on those
2: early years with fond memories? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was almost a different game back then, wasn't it? Like, do you know what I mean, it like,
0: seems like so uh-huh. unprofessional, or almost like
2: yeah, yeah, very much. And it was it was a lot about um, a week in Oxford. It was it was, it was yeah, it's as much about off the pitch as it was on it. And like you said, we probably didn't fulfil, you know, our potential anywhere. We didn't get close. Do you know what I mean? Until probably Eddie got here and put his foot down, gave us a kick at the ass, and got us on our way, kind of thing. But he certainly, in terms of uh, my career, I was just cruising through until um, to Eddie turned up and made me have to um, try and find my potential. And I'm very, very thankful for that. Definitely.
1: I think with Eddie, like one of the biggest things that he that he did, he gave us like clarity straight away about what we want to be in our identity and where we're heading. Like everyone brought into that straight away, he empowered the players to get a hold of it and make choices. And whatever you do is it's you know it's your choice about being a better player and how you go about it. I think also he gave us this belief and this 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 sort of vision of where we're going and how we do it. And then players just got a hold of it and, and kind of we just all went with it and and it just built momentum from there. And I think. Um, Yeah, like I say, he did a great job in terms of creating that sort of vibe in your environment and then you look fast forward to where we are now and it's even bigger and it's even more player-led, yet he's still giving that vision to us, so it's it's awesome.
0: Right then, guys, this is the part of the pod where you get to put me under the spotlight and ask me anything. Some of you have been in touch with your questions – Hiya Dylan,
1: Jamie from Hemel hempstead here. I've got a question about getting back into rugby after a huge layoff and what to work on. I was a keen fallback when I was 18 until I ruptured my ACL and I put on a lot of weight and life just got in the way. At the start of the first down I started running 5k every day and I've lost about 4 stone now, and I'm really, really ready to start getting into rugby again. How do you think I can be the best player that I can be after such a huge layoff and what should I work on?
0: Hi, Jamie. Thank you for your question and well done on your comeback, mate. It's really good to hear. Look, I'll just say go slow and steady and, and do it for the right reasons. You know, just go to enjoy the game. The last thing you want to do is come back too hard and, you know, upset an old injury or something like that. So just take it easy and um, and play the game to, to obviously enjoy it. And if you do that, you should be playing it in, in 10 years time. Good luck. OK, so there's two ways you can get your questions to me. Either by sending a voice note like Jamie did to zero seven nine four zero four four five zero zero two, or you can review the show and leave a question there with the hashtag #AskDylanAnything. That's what Harold Dennis did, and he's asked me, "What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given?" Harold, thank you for your question. Uh, in relation to to rugby, I think the best piece of advice. I was given and I would give this to kids as well is to be coachable I think when you're open to suggestions ideas new information you can process that and use it how you see fit Um, the hardest thing to do is to learn and to grow as a player if you don't accept new training methods new diet methods or advice you know so I think be coachable be open to new ideas new practices Um, that would be my advice Remember, get those voice notes sent to zero seven nine four zero four four five zero zero two and it might be your voice on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Go crazy with it, ask me anything, silly or serious. Courtney and Ben, you get a stab at this as well. You don't get much of a chance to be the ones asking the questions, so go for it.
1: I can ask you anything. If you could relive one more game, what game would it be in your career? You could relive that game again. And, and try and change it? Change it or just experience it so good that you want to experience it again or change it, whatever you want to do. I don't know, but just if you could go for one more game to relive it.
0: Do, do you know what? I think 2016 Grand Slam game in Paris.
1: Yeah, So I get knocked out this time. Yeah, exactly.
0: Actually be on the field to experience it because again, that sort of, um, that relief of, of, you know, the nearly guys because we were bridesmaids, you know, we were runners up for four or five years pre that. So to be on the field, because we all know like that, sheer relief of winning something that good the fear of it not happening does that make sense you know of of another one getting away so to be on the field to celebrate that with the boys would have been great courts
2: are you gonna have another kid
0: no because people with three four kids tell me don't Uh, i I think um this lockdown experience i mean has been brilliant tell you what's weird is like when i had my first kid um when i had fear i went to training the next day and I would have trained with you and then we would have played and we just carried on playing. Whereas when we had Rex this year, pre-lockdown, I'm retired, I've been at home for like a whole year. I've been so appreciative for that year, that time. Because with, with Theo, I just missed all that stuff. I mean, it's had its challenges being at home every day and, and whatnot and not being able to go to training and escape from my own time. But do you know what? Just um, this last year has been pretty cool. Yeah, being have been able to experience it all. Good and bad. But yeah, no more kids. Thank you, Courtney Laws. Stop encouraging me. Can
2: have one of ours. Yeah. Do you want another one? Yeah, same one over. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is the least challenging out of yours? The least challenging. They're all challenging in their own ways, but the least challenging For me. is actually probably Teddy because now is a little girl, so she always wants you to do stuff with her, Yeah. regardless of what she's doing, as you'll know with the... I was
0: doing pottery but, today.
2: Otto and Hugo are three, so they're little baggers, real little baggers. And uh, Teddy is just pretty chilled. Like, he will he's likes to fight, likes to wrestle and that. Uh, but generally, he's just happy, chilling out, you know, doing what he wants to do, playing with his toys or on his iPad or something.
0: All right, I'll take Teddy. Have you got any um, early sort of touring memories or, or favourite sort of Things that you got to experience and you're happy you did?
1: Yeah, I think, like, like you say, deals like the, the early years were great because, like, I was young, enjoyed it, it was class, you had some great people. It was just very different, man. <laughs> it was very different. Yeah, it was very different. And then you go, you Know the game's changed, it has got more professional. It was it, not to say it wasn't professional then, it's just more understanding. It's just got this, it's evolved like all things. So, if you go forward another 10 years from now, it's going to be more professional and be different. So, that and but one of the tours was uh 2010, we went to Australia, and I remember like we beat Australia in the second test, didn't we? And then half of us had to go to Napier and play the Maris on like a Tuesday yeah. night. Can you remember that? And I remember, yeah, I, remember. I was, I don't know, did any of you boys come to Napier or not? I you did, know? yeah. It was, You did, course it deals you on the other. And there was like the bus was leaving. You had like six lads with their bags outside. They were off to a flight to Vegas. Like they weren't even coming to Napier. They were going direct from Sydney to Vegas. Whilst we were leaving to go to an airport to go to Napier to play against the Mario. Like that's how different it was.
2: Ridiculous.
1: um, did his hammy
0: didn't he? he didn't play a minute on tour <laughs> don't
1: start. went straight to vegas we, we were joking <laughs>
0: we, we saw um obviously what you boys trained live at twickenham the other day and uh, me, myself and ugo were watching and we saw anthony watson and he obviously scored a brace of tries the week before against italy and um i leant over to ugs and i went Oogs, if that was you and you'd scored two you wouldn't be training today would you and he goes nah i'd be a bit neural hamstring would probably be a bit tight <laughs> but that that there is is a clear indicator of how the times have changed and how the environments change like you could get away with doing those things but like ant watson's out there training and he was a live wire like he was everywhere during that session obviously you boys like courts how many caps you on nearing 90 yeah 88 i think so courts you're approaching 90 lenny you're approaching 110 which is huge what's keeping you boys going like like, what's the motivation? Because when I look at you on paper, you've played in three major global tournaments. You've both toured with the British and Irish Lions. You're both, you know, a century of tests. Like, Courtney, you know, touch wood, everything goes well for you. Like, what's what's keeping you going? Now, I got, I got three short of 100, and I was done. I was spent. I was physically done. Like, mentally, I was done. But, like, you boys have
1: achieved more than me. But, like, what, what's keeping you boys going? Lenny, like, what's the motivation for me, mate? I guess like I still feel like I've got more in me. I still feel like I haven't done everything I want to do or, or have that almost peak yet. I don't know what it is. Well, I don't know how to phrase it, but I still got that burning desire to improve, which I think goes a long way. I still feel like there's things that I can do and achieve, and this and I st- ultimately I feel like I can help the team. So that's a huge motivation. Uh, You know, no one knows your body better than yourself. Like I'm 31. Um, and I feel good. I feel good. And, um, you know, I want to be a part of it and I've still got things that I want to achieve. So I, I think once you know that you've you, done all you've spent, I guess it's clear as day. But right now, no, I, I feel far from that point. Um, and, you know, like you mentioned about courts, like I said, of courts the other day, like obviously shows the difference between how we play the game. You know, courts actually got capped uh, three or four games just before I did. Um, but he's had such a turret old injuries. You know, he'd, he'd probably be, be ahead of me, to be honest, on cap wise. So. Uh, but we just um just enjoy it mate. I still love it, and I still feel like I've got some more to give you know
0: nice and it's it, I think you can clearly say like Jason leonard uh, men's most capped player at one hundred and fourteens within grasping reach mate. and it'd be great you know I love jace, but it would be great to see you surpass that. <laughs> I say Courtney's got a hell of a knack of um getting injured before major tournaments, and I was thinking if if I never got suspended, I'd probably play about two hundred games for England by now.
1: <laughs> <Hey>, You'd <laughs> yeah. you have, you
2: have the record, mate.
0: Honestly, <laughs> be but of course be a Nah, but courts. What about you? Like, um,
2: what's the drive there? What's what is it for you? Got kids to feed, don't Four of them. Jeez. You... <laughs> no. To be fair, to be fair, I still feel like I haven't quite reached my potential yet, and I still feel like I can get there. Um, if I can just stay fit for long enough, I'll get there. And I'm competitive, mate. I'm. I just. I just like being competitive, and I want to be the best. I want to be the best. Yeah, I just want to compete as long as I can, and as long as I. Can, and as long as I can compete, and I feel like I can be the best player, and just for my spot on the team, I'm going to do that.
0: I think this is a good, a kind of a good message right now. Like, do you guys feel like you've only just unlocked or had your eyes open to what you can be after working with Eddie? So, for, from my experience, I work with plenty of coaches, but. As soon as I became like an England international at 21 years old, it was either really me that wasn't coachable or I didn't really receive much coaching after that. It was all just preparing for the weekend, whereas Eddie got me at 29, 30 years old and just went like, this is what you can do. This is what you can do with the last years of your career. Has that, have your eyes been opened up? Have you had that sort of epiphany that you can really do something special?
1: Definitely, mate. I think like this environment allows you to be – as good as you want to be, as long as you still have to do it, you still work to go the to work. But under Eddie, I think that's the thing. Like, like you just mentioned, there really Dills Like, he coaches you, he challenges you, he 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 gives you um, goals, he he gives you things to get after. He he, he yeah. pumps your tires up when he needs to. Like, I just feel like he's he's the the guy. Uh, and luckily, I'm very blessed to got Steve now at the club as well. I've got two guys that just know how to tap in, and and their their desire to always improve themselves sets the the desire for the players to follow suit. And if anyone's going to do it, it'll be uh, to, to unlock the best out of me. It's, it's definitely Eddie and Steve. And I feel very lucky that I've got, obviously, Eddie International and then and Steve a the Club. And it's great, mate. Like it, like I say, this environment allows you to be as good as you want to be.
0: So Eddie comes in at 2016. Uh, I remember my meeting with him, that sort of ultimatum, like you can be involved with this, but this is what it's going to take. Or you can just go back to being a club player. And I chose the blue pill um Lenny yours was no doubt be sharper need to lose a bit of weight did he throw a tub of sweets at you am I right in saying that
1: yeah he so uh Charlotte our team manager messaged us when we arrived at uh, the, the hotel and uh, Penny Helen said um pop and see Eddie for one-on-one so I knocked on the door come in Benny how are you I never met Eddie Benny how are you I said I'm good thank you uh, he's like take a seat chat away you know what do you think of the game you know what do you think of um how to attack this way and you know general just rugby sort of chat and how we how we how I saw the game, how he saw the game, whatever. This went off a couple of minutes. And he said, um right mate, he said you could uh, you can be the best halfback in the world, but why aren't you? And I was like, uh, oh um I was like kicking nap, running nap <laughs> I was like, okay. And he said uh he goes, you need to lose some weight mate. because you you're carrying too much. I need you fitter so you can be sharper. And then uh, he chucked me a bag of sweets and said, Do you want them? I said no he went mate that's a great start he goes, get to AEM, <laughs> keep so, But that's the thing with Eddie. Like, you never leave the room unsure of what you need to do. Do you know what I mean? I, like He has a funny way of doing with it. It was very different, but like I loved it. I thought, right, that's brilliant. One, he's given me compliments, but two, he said, but you need to do this in order to get to where I think you can get. You need to do X, Y, Z. And, and then, like I say, then it's up to you then. And uh, off I went and got a hold of my program, spoke to head and We got a hold of it quickly and sorted it out, but you never leave unclear, mate. He
0: gave you the choice and uh, you, you made it happen. Because, like, I think I've got an idea of what your chat was like. I mean, I don't know how the chat went, but am I right in thinking you came out of that? You're almost like a mummy. You know, you're held together by tape. You're kind of plagued by injuries. And he wanted you to carry the ball more. You know, you had a massive impact in the game defensively. But if I look at you now, you're one of the key kind of ball carriers in that England pack. Like, how did you... What, what was the kind of key things from your first meet with Eddie? What did he want from you?
2: Yeah, pretty much... Um... He wanted me keep up with my defen my defence. Uh he wanted me hit and carry, basically. And obviously the basics to go with being a line up forward as well. Yeah, but hit and carry my points of difference. And at the time I was I was great in defence, uh, but I wasn't carrying for whatever whatever reason. I suppose we went through that phase at the club where I just didn't need to carry. Do you know what I mean? We had Samu, Saw, like everybody, do you know what I mean? So Dills. Big deals, yeah. But no, I just, I just for whatever reason, just lost confidence in it, went away from it, and just relied on my defence and my kind of line out work um, as a player. But he wanted more from me, and and at the start of my career, I was, I was always carrying. Do you know what I mean? That was like one of my points of difference. So,
0: mate, I, I saw you go away from that sort of uh, first campaign with Eddie, and you know, courts again, I love you for it, but, like, the most laid-back man in the world, last on the field, last to do his boots up, line-out strapping, not on, and we've got line-out session. You know, one of one of my best mates in the team, and he's he's late for team run, and I'm like, I've got to call him out in front of the boys here. And, like, <laughs> after the training, I'm like, of course, come on, bro. Like, I need you. But uh, then yeah. I saw you go from, like, that, and then all of a sudden, you were the last guy on the training field after training, doing extras, doing ball-carrying work. And then all of a sudden, you become this... Reinvent yourself, you know, not just this defensive player, but this ball ball carrier as well. So, I think that's just testament to well Eddie tapping into you and, and challenging you. I think, um, and and your your work rate, mate you you took the you took the bait, which is
2: good to see. did yeah, indeed. yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad I did, mate. I'll certainly. I don't think I'd have gone on a Lions tour if I'd have continued where I was, and uh, I certainly don't think I'd have had this many gotten this far and, and, and uh, still be still be in the team now. This is Jamie George and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. What about like,
0: you obviously come through and you're young players and you haven't really got a care in the world, like you, you alluded to it earlier, but now you are role models. You know, the, the amount of experience and tests that you've got, do you feel a responsibility to the Harry Randalls coming in? George Martin courts? Do you feel a responsibility to help those guys? How do you find that role as, you know, a senior player or a leader? You know, how how do you find that?
2: I know I know what Eddie wants from me in camp as a leader. He just wants me to be myself, and I think one thing I do bring to the team is just probably a bit of relaxed energy. Do you know what I mean? So if I can help people to be relaxed just by being me, then then I'm quite happy with that. But in terms of uh, especially at the club, I suppose I do more uh, at the Saints, you know, just getting people, the young, young lads, whatever, d- just coming and doing my extras with me and things like that and um, helping them kind of know what to do in certain situations or, or think about what they can do in certain situations and, and and what might help them in their game. Yeah.
0: What about you, Len? I mean, you, do you know what? You're, you're also in a role, Lenny, at nine and 10, you know, you guys basically control how the team plays. So naturally, you fit that role. Like from a young age, you've got to step into that, don't you? But how do how you find it now? You've got, you know, hundred old caps under your belt.
1: I uh, I really enjoy it. I, th- I think the first thing I was thinking, like the, the best thing I can do for any youngster is actually train well myself. Like that's first and foremost, I've got to train well, go about my work as well as I can do to set the example of that. And secondly, man, I, I love helping out the boys. Like, I love it. I genuinely love it. Like um, I want, those guys to thrive in this environment and if there's anything that i can give to help them if there's anything i can show them to help them if there's anything i can do post training to help them i will always do that I, I i get a lot of pleasure out of that and i also feel like the more that you give to others often it's it's a weird thing where like a youngster can come in you can give as much as you can like you will pick something up or there'll be something that you pick up or, or, or do so i really enjoy it and luckily the guys that do come in here have such an appetite to get better that actually it kind of it works brilliantly
0: how are you like what's happening like with you guys as athletes? you know, I got better as I got older because I understood it, and I was actually challenged by ultimately by Eddie and the environment. But what are you doing to make yourselves better have you Have you learned how to train better? Have you learned how to recover better, prepare better? How's that because this is a new this is a new thing like back in the day, like recovery for me was like just hang out in the hot tub for a bit.
2: um I think certainly as you get older you, you know you start to understand what works for you. Um, so for me, I know that I need to feel fresh going into games to, to play at my best. And that doesn't mean that I don't train, but it means that I don't over Do you know what I mean? So I, I know that I don't, I can't run too much in a week because it will just kill my joints, but I have to get enough work in the gym. Um, so I'm strong enough and I've got enough size to go out there and perform. And then you just have to try and work with, and it's easy when you're older, isn't it? Because people obviously... For one, they've been working with you hopefully for a while, and they can respect what you're about, and they can accommodate you a bit more, which so it's easier. And then it's just about creating a program which suits me and and doesn't obviously harm or detriment the team at all. Just trying to find that balance.
0: Lenny, uh, how are you staying ahead of the game? Like, what's changed for you uh, over time?
1: I guess, like, course, you kind of figure out what works for you. But I think the biggest thing for me is like the recovery part of it, like getting my prep done early. But it's just the mental side of it, like it's just making sure that you go into the games clear you're relaxed you know it's like hot pot yoga stuff meditation stuff but you just need that time just to like twitch it off like you know it's an intense environment like elite sport you're intense you're under the microscope you know you play at the weekend everyone wants to 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 uh pull it apart and let you know how they do you know you need that time to yourself just to like shut the noise out and just like bring itself back to yourself and and what you want to do and and how you want to perform and where you want to be and um i just think like i was just finding time for that during the week puts me in a good stead for the the weekend
0: you're saying like um the the noise and the outside let's talk about social media courts i love your social media you know i I basically learn all about politics via you uh lenny what, what about you dealing with criticism and stuff like that do you come into much on there do you do you filter it do you switch it off do you delete it off your phone or do you just take it head on
1: no, mine's all filtered, so luckily I don't see anything uh, other than the people that I follow, so <laughs> it makes it a lot easier. But it's the way the world is now, isn't it? Like, everyone just wants to jump on, so I don't need to, to check to know what people would be saying. But like I say, for me, I think the important thing is you do the prep and the training, you do all that stuff, you do physical stuff, but actually get the mental bit right so that you know, like, that's in the bank, but actually mentally I'm going in clear thinking, like, ready to go. And all that stuff, like, just, yeah, just no need. We'll help you one bit.
0: Court, cool. so you, you you're fairly relaxed around it. I mean, I, I think you're quite um combative, you know, you, you take it on.
2: Yeah, I mean not, like I just do what I fancy, do you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not really that bothered. I'm quite um I know I know why I think how I think about certain things, and I know the people who love and support me know why and how I think about things. So as long as that's the case, who cares what anybody else says? Do you know what I mean? Like it just is what it is, isn't it? And I'm too like I don't know I don't know why I'd be bothered about what people are saying who I don't even know like why would why would that bother me at all because it 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 just makes no difference like life's too short you know what I mean just just enjoy yourself I'm I'm here to play rugby I like playing rugby that's why I'm still playing and and I want to just enjoy it inspirational
0: 2023 you're always going to be there
2: hopefully. Barring
0: injury, I'll be there, bro. Barring injury. Linny, how many you have like hundred and fifty caps? You'll yeah. be like,
1: We've of course, got to get yeah, come on, we can get there, mate. Come on. We'll get there together. We'll, together. Get, there, together. we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Wait, you
0: do you know what you're gonna look like in 2023, Linny? I don't know. <laughs> like, like rugby rugby, the aging process, it just accelerates. It's like Benjamin Button, but reverse. It's like <laughs> you, I mean, look at Alan Jones, mate. He's what is he? He looks like a sixty five year old man. Like, Lenny, if you keep going, <laughs> if you keep going to your thirty-four, thirty-five, mate, the lid's going to fall off, like...
1: no, uh, no, I'm going to think <laughs> that will be right. right. They'll be right. I look, young. Um, yeah, no, mate, 2020, like, well, I'll be 33. So, yeah, without doubt, I, I can, yeah, I feel like, like we touched on earlier, mate, I still, and Courtney said it brilliantly, like, if you feel like you've still got more to give and you feel like it's still, you haven't reached your best, absolutely, mate, go for it.
0: Um, I've had a couple of guys and girls on the pod that have got young families, like newborns, um, their first kids. Like You guys are established family men. You know, you've been around that long. You've got, Lenny, you've got two kids. Courtney, you've got four. Are your families is is England rugby and and dad going away for rugby work and putting on the, is that like ingrained now? Is it easier to do because it's been happening for so long?
2: I think so. I think we spoke spoke about this the other day, Lenny, didn't, didn't we? Just talking about how they're just used to it. My missus did tell me that my little girl, who's seven now, she's getting a bit older, so she's her emotions are probably changing a bit. She was a bit upset that I was going to be away for my birthday, um, so that's the first time that's ever happened. But I suppose being a being a little girl and, and and being a bit older than the others, like the boys, wouldn't even it's straight over their heads. I mean, they don't they don't care. But in terms of going away, yeah, they're they're just used to it, just used to it.
0: And I suppose, um, what about you, Len? Is it is it just crack on as normal? Dad's off
1: yeah it's sort of it's, it's it's hard you know you do miss out on a lot of family time like you do and luckily me and court's got uh very good wives that um, very good wives have, yeah very good wives and <laughs> support us to do what we do but it is you do miss out on things and you do miss them without doubt but they as they get older they kind of understand what you're doing where you're going and you know now like you know they have an interest and they want to know and it's, yeah, yeah. it's lovely it's lovely you know what i mean they know what you're doing and they're like oh you're playing for England, You're playing rugby and, yeah, my daughter keep your eye on the ball dad i'm like yeah yeah, yeah. Like, you know <laughs> what i mean but like she's five now i'm as far as six and it's great man. Like, as the older they get the more they understand the more actually i think they actually enjoy it i think more
0: yeah that's cool and i, I suppose this uh, sort of thing when you get to your age brackets uh is, is like the legacy piece as well like you know you, your kids can physically understand they can understand and see what you're doing and it, it must make you and them very proud you know um, but if anyone is a hero, it's your it's your wives. I mean, geez, especially yours, Courtney. Four kids. I mean, I've been trying to homeschool one, mate. And oh my god,
2: <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. I don't know how she does, it, honestly. Uh, but plenty of presents helps
0: on on presents. This is where Eddie captures hearts and minds behind closed doors, um, and this is why the boys love them. I remember like little things, like I don't know. If, did your wives get flowers and and Leather goods yeah, and yeah. stuff like this? Yeah. yeah? Oh, yeah. so it just wasn't mine. Just, that's good to know. <laughs> um, you know, just the little touches, you know, sending a note with a, a bouquet of flowers saying, thank you for letting us have your partner. You'll be home soon type thing. Or coming back from, you know, an away game, you go to your hotel room and on everyone's mantelpiece in their, their bedroom, there's a photo of your family. It's just like those little touches go a long way. And again, Lenny, it's a bit like the tomato sauce or the birthday cake. It's the small wins in those in those moments um, can buy you a lot of credit.
1: Yeah. But he's he's um, like you say it was like he's so aware of like of what we obviously do, but he understands that there's you know that we do have <laughs> families and that, that they're on their own and you know because God you know we work out lads. I think normally it's about five months a year. Potentially, we're away, aren't we? You know, with 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 tournaments and stuff. Like that's a long time, and he he understands that that takes a, a choice and a sacrifice by them. You know what I mean? And it's his way of, of just saying thanks, and you know, um thanks for allowing us to do what we do. So yeah, it's a, it's always a very good touch.
0: Between us, probably about three hundred games, nearly. Favorite memory in that time, Lenny. One favorite memory,
1: by me. Um, there's been a lot, mate, to to nail down. I think 2016 winning the Grand Slam was was huge because of of the back of, of what happened previously and, and where we were as a team and where we we're going. Uh that's a that's an awesome memory for me. Japan, the whole experience of that. I've been very fortunate. I think my, my best memories have all pretty much been under ready, to be honest with
0: you. Do is Japan like um you know so close is that kind of giving you an extra kick to, to push on to twenty twenty three?
1: Yeah, I think you certainly look at it and you and you you'd love to have another shot at
0: it. Yeah. Courts, what about you? Favourite favorite memory? Yeah, it has been loads. One
2: playing, a playing. Yeah, memory. yeah, the ones that I can talk about. Um, the Australia tour was good. Uh, I remember that first Australia tour was when me and you, Len, got our first starts, was it? Yeah, that was a great tour, mate. No, that that was a game, great game. yeah. And we won the we last game. We can't talk about that one because I
0: didn't come on that one, all right? So we're talking about the that. three of us. <laughs>
2: And we we both we both went quite well, and I remember that I was quite good. Yeah. We're, and I went the team, them, and, it, and then and then and then we uh, we won the last game. Uh, my favourite moment, probably again, Dills. I don't actually know if you were there um we played in twickenham against australia in that purple kit
0: yeah mate i was you you th- did that little offload to chris ash and he scored the best try yeah, to yeah it was, that was 20, yeah,
2: 2010 me and, len, me and len you know working our magic again mate. That was a good moment. <laughs> if
0: you actually look
2: to be fair when we were really, do you remember len um when ash is running it in and yeah. like we we're obviously trying to catch up with him do you remember how loud it was like, I don't think I'll ever forget that in my entire life. I could not hear a thing. Like, my ears were ringing because the, the noise that was coming from the stadium. Mate, like, it generally, like, it, sounds,
1: it generally, like, gives me almost goosebumps now because I remember standing almost, we ran, like, trying to chase and courts. So we almost stopped. And, yeah. like, it feels like if Luke, you know, mate, like, it felt like the stadium was, like, shaking. Like, the Can I just
0: interject was... for a second? I, I was you. playing in that game. I started <laughs> and I was the first forward to be there to celebrate. Courts, you think you're in support. I was running so fast, I didn't have time to listen to the crowd. <laughs>
1: that was insane.
2: Sorry, man, dude, that sorry. was a great game. It was wasn't mad. It? So, do you remember, Dill? You must remember how flipping loud it was. I just can't. I would never forget how loud it was when he was running that. It inn. was insane, ridiculous.
0: Um, I, I guess I'd better add mine to it. Like we, we kind of covered it before. Like I played seventy games for England before Eddie came in. You know, like a real stop-start career. A lot of games. You know, it was good. We had fun, but like, did we actually win anything? Like. Did we go on a run of games? Were we dominant? I don't think we were. We came in 2016 and I wasn't in that 2015 uh, tournament here in England. So I didn't have the hurt from that, but I was basically given or, or thrown a bone by Eddie. And to come in and, you know, to Grand Slam after 13 years, I think it was, off the back of a horrible tournament the previous year, like I think for all the boys, it was a massive sort of, relief you know i'm, I'm looking at robo you know um yourself um both you boys you know like it was just a big moment for everyone just to get that kind of monkey off our back and then we went to australia and then we went 18 games unbeaten and it basically showed me like for 70 odd games i've just been dosing, and then within 18 games we'd had the most successful period that we would in forever and it all came down to why and it was it was hard work it was relentless hard work and A change of environment a change of stimulus a change of how we're doing things and it just showed me like previously you know the the other 70 games we were just cruising but yeah 2016 for me just the whole year was really enjoyable but look at me I lost a lot of hair I gained a few wrinkles and um, put some miles on the clock but it was all worth it it was all worth it 100% right boys um, thanks for your time Uh, good luck I hope to see you here in 10 years time still playing 200 games to you (laughs) Your names, um, but good luck for the rest of the tournament, boys. Uh, pleasure to catch up.
2: Thanks,
1: mate. Take care. See you, my boy.
0: If you want an England shirt signed by those two and the rest of the squad, it's dead easy. Just leave a review, and you'll automatically be in with a chance of winning one at the end of the series. And if you enjoyed Ben and Courtney's stories, don't forget to share this episode on your socials and with your mates. We all love a recommendation. And we want even more England fans to hear the pod. Join me again next Tuesday for another chat with two of the guys in camp. Catch you then.